I appreciate you guys here for sure. Well, for coming. Well, obviously you love God, so you'd want to be here. <laughs> and um, before we get started, I do want to start with a scripture here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 7. First Samuel 16, verse 7. And the Bible reads, <clears throat> But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider her as appearance or as height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah. You know, and, and it's crazy because, you know, the Lord doesn't look at the things that we look at. You know, I feel like obviously, you know, when you meet somebody, you, you got to look at the person, how they carry themselves, their charisma, how they may appear to the world. But God doesn't look at those things. You know, he's not looking at my, my fancy tie or Brandon's, Brandon's gold. No, he's looking at our hearts. You know, it, it's not easy to consider, you know, you know, people are always quick to judge each other. You know, we judge each other by where our job is, our occupation, what we do, what we make, our family, our possessions. But God only looks at the heart. You know, you got you to ask yourself today, you know, what's built up in your heart today? You know, will, is our heart a heart that's going to be rejected by God? You know, do we have the heart to want to be used by God today in our lives? You know, I want to reference the scripture from last sermon because I feel like, you know, it always has context. Yeah. You know, let's go to Psalms chapter 90, verse 8 through 9. Okay. I really love this scripture because I know everybody went to me afterwards like, yo, this scripture is amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> In Psalms chapter 90, verses 8 through 9, the Bible reads, You have set your iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. <laughs> you know, we finish our years with a moan. And you ask yourself, why is that? You know, and when I look at this, it looks as if it's a heart issue. You know, why do we live our entire lives to go to the end and be with a moan? Like, ah, oh, I could have done things differently. You know, I could have gotten more open in my life. You know, we can't, at the end of the day, we cannot fake Christianity. You know, why do we leave Christ to regret it in the end? You know, there's that famous statement, you know, God knows my heart. <laughs> and, and, I, and I feel like, you know, he really does. But the, the, the thing that we fail to realize is, you know, we can deceive ourselves and think that we know our own heart. Yeah. You, know, you know, God, we know, our, we know how our heart should be. You know, God wants to have our heart to be used by him each and every day in our lives. You know, when we're talking, the, the, the title of the lesson today is The Heart of Man. Wow. And the thing is, I really want to touch on just our hearts just in general because, I mean, I feel like it's easy to say, like, oh, man, I love coming to, I love coming to church. I love being a disciple. But at the end of the day, our heart is, what, is gonna, what's going to consider, are we going to live a life of joy or live a life of regret? It's our, it's our heart that will determine if we're going to have a great year with God or a bad year with God. You know, I feel like at times, you know, we can look at life very task-oriented. You know, we go to church, you know, because uh, we want to feel closer to God. You know, we, be, we, uh, we read the Bible for we can sound spiritual. You know, brothers may go on dates to get married. You know, we go to school to get a degree. You know, we become a leader to feel important. But at the end of the day, we fail to realize how much this affects our heart each and every day. Come on. Are we going to make a difference in our life with the things that we do or the way we inspire those each and every day? 
You know, the truth is, we, uh, at times we can really be blinded by where our heart really is toward, toward our lives and our loved ones. You know, point number one today in this lesson is, are we leading by our hearts or are we, we leading by our convictions? We're going to open up to Jeremiah chapter 17, and we're going to be verses 9 through 10. And I'm going to be reading in the King James Version because I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes the King James Version is just a little bit more impactful. You know, so we're going to be looking at the King James Version. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 10, the Bible reads, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. You know, I love this statement because it starts with above all. Like, regardless of everything that's going on, we have, to understand, we have to understand this. Above all, the heart is desperately wicked. You know, this is, the, this is the same heart that we can say Jesus is Lord, and this is also the same heart we can say Jesus is not. You know, the heart is so deceitful because we can gradually convince ourselves that we're closer to God than we actually are. You know the Bible. The Bible talks about um, looking at the looking at our uh, looking at God as a mirror. Look at it. Look at it as a mirror. Got to look at ourselves. You know, wh- why do we do what we do each and every day? What is our heart for the things that we do between our job, our friends, our family, and at the and the highest point above all, God as well. You know, and the Scripture says that Jesus will judge every man according to his ways and the fruit of his doing. You know, th- this is more than just you know, our, our, our life and the things that we own and our friends and our families and our social status, but it's, it's his ways in the heart and the fruit of his doing as well. You know, Jesus is going to evaluate our life. You know, what excuse do you have for today, today for not being committed to God? You know, when we're talking about our heart as well, I mean, I feel like a lot of times we can, we can kind of get in a, in a cycle of, okay, well, you know, I go to church because it's the right thing, and I read my Bible, and then I pray, and then I reach out to my brothers and sisters. But how much easier do, do our heart, does our heart take a step back to what we really want in life? You know, it's so easy that our, our, it's, the scripture says our heart is desperately wicked. You know, and, and desperately wicked is very severe because, you know, we can deceive ourselves to where we really are in life. And, you know, the, the lesson today is to really show us about how, where our heart can lead us and where, where our heart can get us to God. Let's look at Luke chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 19 because this is the first example. Well, this is one of the biggest examples for me of someone that prioritized their life over their love for God. In Luke chapter, chapter 16, verses 19 through 21, the Bible reads, There was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen, and lived in luxury every day, every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. The Bible says, even the dogs came and licked his sores. And the thing about the rich man is, you know, he lived solely for himself. You know, it's like he probably, if he was in, if the rich man was here today, he probably had the nice car, the nice home. He probably had a degree. He probably had a lot of Instagram followers. <laughs> but the thing was, God wasn't the priority in his life. You know what I mean? So there's so many times in our life where we can look at ourselves and the things that we do, but yet we forget to put God as our foundation. You know, there's nothing wrong with being successful 
and having good times with friends and family, but how is God the centerpiece of all that we do? Let's keep reading in verse 22 through 24. Then time came when, beggar, when the beggar died, and the angel carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip, his, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am, agony, I am in agony in this fire. No, it's powerful because it's just like, you know, when I, when I think of summer, like, even now, like, if my car doesn't have air conditioning, like, that's just it for me, you know. <laughs> it's very hot, but it's just like, here, you know, the, the, the rich man, all he wanted was just a little drop of water on his tongue just to kind of give him that sigh of relief. Just a little sigh of relief, guys. You know, and it's just like, the thing is, what I bet if the rich man could live his life one more time, I bet he would have did things differently. Wow. You know, maybe if he heard a sermon like this, or maybe if he had disciples in his life, maybe, just maybe, he would have lived his life differently. You know, we have to ask ourselves, are, are we going to have that same, that, same, that same heart to change for our lives? Are we going to be stuck in our patterns, in our sin? Yeah. Let's keep reading in verse 25 to 26. But Abraham replied, son... Remember that in your lifetime, you received the good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides, all of this between us and you is a great chasm, and has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to there cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them. So they will not come also to this place of torment. You know, I like when it says a great chasm. You know, it's a large space dividing two people. You know, so for example, Charles, why don't you go ahead and reach out to Alicia Davis right here. Why don't you just reach out to her. That's what we're talking about, a great chasm, right? Nothing can come between it. But it's just like, you know, I, the thing is like with the scriptures, it's like I almost feel bad for the rich man. You know, because he's like, he says, he says that, hey, can you send Lazarus to his friends and his family? You know, and it's almost, it's just like, um, I don't know, it's like, you look at his life just as a man that leads his household. And it's just like, like, if I made it here, why couldn't I lead my family here? I don't want to lead my family here as well. You know, he wants to give them a better chance, another opportunity. You know, the same opportunity that we all have here today. You know, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're not in any terrible danger. You know what I mean? We all have the Bible to our disposal. We all have the opportunity to make an impact in our lives. But we, like, like the first script, one of the first scriptures I read, we don't want to live our years and end it with a moan. We don't want to have regret as to why we didn't follow God the way he wanted us to follow him. Let's read verses 29 through 31. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he replied, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent, he said to him. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. You know, you got to ask yourself, what is it going to take for you to fully commit to God today? You know, a lot of people, they, they kind of want to look for a sign or a miracle. 
You know, like if I'm driving to work and I get all green lights, I'm like, oh, that must be a sign from God. This is going to be a great day. You know, but the thing is, God doesn't really work like that. You know, once the, once the gospels advance, once we have the Bibles, once he died on the cross, what more do we need but a heart that wants to go after Christ? You know, what are things that are more important in your life today? Is it a job? Is it a relationship? Is it your friends? Is it your family? And do we want to live our lives regretting? Do we want to, do we want to look, back, look back at our whole lives and ask, tell myself, man, I could have done more for God? For Christians and non-Christians, Christians as well, could you have done more at the end of the day? You know, point number two is marathon, not a sprint. You know, because I feel like, um, you know, all, a lot of us can, you know, get, get baptized and want to live for Christ, but and a lot of us can burn out as well, too. Yeah. You know, and, and God wants people that are in it for the long run. That's why we're talking about a marathon and a sprint. A sprint is just a kind of quick thing, do your 440 and however, however time it is. But God wants us to jog. He wants us to consistently grow in our grace and our love for him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24, and I think this scripture perfectly lines up with this point. It says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. You know, God wants us to, God wants us to live our life as in a way to grow with him, to, to have him as our foundation. You know, God doesn't, want us to get, God doesn't want us to live for him and then slowly get burnt out by all the pressures of life and what we, what we think is important, but in reality, really not. You got to ask yourself today, are you sprinting to the cross or are you running? <laughs> Jude, chapter one, Jude chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. Let's go here. Jude 1, 20 through 23, the Bible reads, But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire to show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothes stained by corrupted flesh. You know, the scripture says we have to keep ourselves in God's love and his mercy. No, we need to stay devoted. We have to, we have to go on the race as if it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, it's so easy to have great moments with Christ, but we need to have a great life with him. You know, and it shows, and it, it, the scripture also shows, it says we have to save others by snatching them from the fire. You know, a lot of times we don't really know how our sins is going to affect us and those around us. That's why when you see somebody that's not living for Christ, you want to you get in their life. You know, you don't, want them to, you don't want them to get to the very end and live their life as a, they don't want them to have a moan in their life because, oh, well, if this person would have came into my life, maybe I would have done things differently. You know, are we going to be that person for those in the world? You know, I feel like, um, you know, this is the same urgency the rich man didn't have in his life. You know, so you got to ask yourself, what's, what's your excuse that I have to say this same urgency? Why are we not, why are we going after God the way we need, we're supposed to? Is it a lack of faith? Is it a lack of love? Is it a lack of devotion? You know, I feel like the Bible has examples of the rich man in there where we can look at what he did and make a difference. 
No, the truth is our heart deceives us as to where we really are in Christ. You know, we can, we can deceive our minds and our hearts to be like, okay, well, I'm in a good place with God, so I don't need to do all the extra stuff. I don't have to be that zealous or that, that open with God. I can be a church sitter. You know, we don't want great moments in Christ, but we need a great life devoted to him. And that starts with our heart. It starts with our devotion. Do we want to make a difference today or are we going to make a difference tomorrow? <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like for me growing up, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. And there was always a part of me that wanted to devote to God. But there was always parts of me as well that was like, you know, I'll just wait till I'm like in my mid-30s. And I'll be fully devoted to Christ. <laughs> But the thing is, that's not how God wants it. That, that, for me, that, that would have been, been a heart issue. Yeah. You know, there would have been so many opportunities that I would have missed out because I wasn't in the grace of God. Yeah. And I feel like we all have this same opportunity in our lives as well. We have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, okay, where am I at with God and where do I want to be? And if you're not there, why aren't you there at this point in time in your life? Yeah. And what is distracting us from these things in our life? Let's go to Matthew 7, 13 through 14. You know, this, this scripture was mentioned as well also in the last, the last time, but I'm going to be reading in the uh, NLT version. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. The Bible reads, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and the gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Yeah. No, the highway to hell is broad, very I'm pr probably larger than this. And they said, the, script, the Bible says that many choose that path. You know, you got to ask yourself, like, I mean, I feel like any, any, any human in their right mind, they're like, well, if it's life or death, I mean, I feel like in most cases they would want to choose life. Yeah. But they fail to realize it's their heart. Their heart is what gets them down that broad, broad road to hell. Yeah. You know, you know rega rega re regardless if you're religious or not, you know, I believe that all people want to have a good out. They want to leave a good output on life. They want to have a good legacy. If it's building riches or having great friends and family. But it's our heart that veers us in the wrong directions. You know, sometimes it can be women or money or our status or jobs, but... Our hearts is what's going to put us on that road to hell, where in reality we thought we was on the narrow road to life the entire time. Now, we, re we fail to realize how many of us today are actually choosing death in our hearts. And it's crazy because, you know, we can, we can deceive ourselves to say, oh, well, no, I'm good, God. You know, I might read my verse of the day when it pops up on my phone every day. And, you know, I post my scriptures on Instagram. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a Christian. That's how, that's how I'm supposed to live. But in reality, God's saying, no, that's not where you're supposed to be. I have more for you. Let's, let's open our Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. Matthew 13, verses 14 and 15. The Bible reads, this, fill, this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, 
and they have closed their eyes so the eyes cannot see, and the ears cannot hear, and the hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Now, I feel like this scripture uh, just kind of sums up the majority of society today. You know, God is everywhere. He's on TV. He's in our phones. But a lot of us can't understand the message that it's trying to perceive to us. Now, a lot of people will hear the word today, and they won't search their hearts. You know, it's one thing to come to church. It's another thing to come to church and look at your heart as well. You know, what are some things that you could do differently with your life with God? You know, a lot of people will, uh, will, well, I was one of them. You know, I used to come to church. It'll be a great message. And all right, well, where's the next bar or where's the next club, you know? And it's just like, but the thing is, it's true. The scripture, the scripture is true because it says that for their hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes for they cannot see. You know, and it's just like they're stalking spiritually here. I mean, they, they cannot see where they're going. You know, that's why when we're talking about the narrow path, the, the, the narrow path to life and the broad path to death, a lot of them don't see where they're going. You got to ask yourself, what path are you on today? You know, people today, well, what I've seen is, you know, there's times where I'd be in church and I'd probably be scrolling through my phone on social media and things while the lesson is going on. It's just like, you got to ask yourself, where's your heart's really at? You know, because it's so easy to fall back into our sin and our lifestyle so the preacher, the sermon's going on, and you're checking your emails, and what am I going to do after this? But it's just like, is your is your ear is our ears really closed, or are we just are we just closed off to God's word? Wow. You know, point number three is citizen or a foreigner, because I feel like you know we're either citizens with God, or we're not, and and I feel like it's really easy to look at the both because our life will show. Our life will show if we're, if we're with God or we're not with God. Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14. The Bible reads, We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But the solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You know, the scripture says um, you need milk, not solid food. You know, and, 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 and when you think about babies when they need milk, this is the same milk that we need when we're living with God. You know, you, you, go, you go on social media, you see a scripture, and you're fed that milk. You come to church, you sit in the pews, you hear a lesson, you're fed that milk. You know, but we, it gets to a point in our lives where you need solid food in your convictions, making a choice to study God's word and to follow it. You know, and it says, that, it says that some of you ought to be teachers and teach others, you know, and, and the only way that you are able to teach others about God it's if you begin with the solid food of Christ. You know, when we're talking about milk, I think of, um, you know, I was raised up in a Christian household, so, you know, studying God's word was never important to me. 
You know, I feel like I knew everything I needed to know about God. Uh, I checked all the X's of society that which God would lay out. But in reality, when it comes to solid food, I was never interested in going deeper with God, going deeper with Christ. But I love how it says it's for the mature. And I feel like a lot of people will, will brush that aside and be like, oh, well, I can, I can follow God how I want to follow him. Or I can live life how I want to live life. But in reality, that's not true. It says it's for the mature. You know, are you going, are, and it says also that they train themselves to distinguish good from evil. You know, so when we're talking about mature, you know, I feel like, you know, I've matured, I feel like we all mature at a certain age where you make your own decisions for yourself. You know, I mean, uh, you stop going to church because you have to, you start going to church because you want to. You know, you start following God because you know it's important, not just because your friends or family or your grandma pressures you to do it. You know, so that's when we're talking about solid food and maturity. There has to get to a point in your life where you're just like, you know what? I want to know more about this God person. Now, I want to know more. I want to understand more. You know, when we're talking about training ourselves, you know, that really begins with just our hearts and our life each and every day. You know what I mean? Are we looking at, are we looking at life as, you know, something that kind of comes at us and we fit God in at, fit God in at the end? Or is he first? Is he above all each and every day in our lives? No, we have to be devoted to God in prayer and reading and church. All these things we need to be devoted to to consume solid food. Now, you, you have to ask yourself today, you know, coming, coming to church is an awesome thing. But when we're talking about hearing the message and making a difference, you have to ask yourself, do you want to mature? Do you want solid food for God? Do you want to make a difference in your life because you know it's important to yourself? Let's go to Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, because I feel like there's a lot of different people in this room, you know, and it's just like God has a way of kind of separating us out, you know what I mean? It's like either you're here or you're not, you're there or you're not. So let's look at Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. He taught them many things by parables, and, his, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seeds, and as he was scattering his seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Now, when we're talking about seeds, I like to kind of relate this to people in life and their fruitfulness with God. You know, so for these seeds, and it says that they fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up, this is someone that doesn't care to know God, you know, because it says that the birds, it says that he was scattering the seeds along the path and the birds came and ate it up. So there was no relationship with God with this person. You know, this was me probably in like middle school, early high school. You know, I had, I had, I knew about God, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the heart to want to go after it. You know, God wasn't very important to me in my life. Now, you have to ask yourself, where are you in this? What seed are you? So let's look at the next seed here in Mark 4, and we're going to be working five, 5 and 6. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the root was, the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. 
You know, I feel like I feel like a majority I feel like majority of society is probably these seeds. You know, they have a basic understanding of God, but they're not committed to church and his teachings. That's why it says the soil is shallow, because the relationship with God is shallow as well. You know, this was probably me in about college. Uh, you know, I just kind of lived life how I wanted to live it. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have the importance to get to know God deeper than I really, really needed to be. You know, there, there comes a point in our life where when we're talking about milk and solid food, where we have to make a difference in a change in our life and the direction that it's going. Let's look at verse 7. It said, other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Now, this person is someone that's not committed to God or no longer invested in Christ. You know, it says that they choked the plants. You know, this person is usually a stumbling block to others. You know, it says that uh, this plant is, this seed is someone that is a bad example to other believers. You know, this is something I hope that, ne- that I never become because hopefully, you know, with my brothers and sisters here in Christ, you know, I can stay fruitful with God. And verse 8, it says, Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. The last seed is someone who is a faithful Christian devoted to God, to church, and a disciple that's making and bearing fruit. Now, you have to ask yourself, you know, what seed am I today? You know, am I a seed that's devoted to Christ? Am I a seed that's not interested in God? Am I a seed that's shallow? Or am I a seed that wants, to, that wants to produce crops multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times more? Verses 9 through 12, the Bible reads, Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears, let them hear what he, when, whoever has ears, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they may turn and be forgiven. You know, God gives us his grace, but he doesn't give us excuses. You know, at the end of the day, you're either lukewarm or you're prideful toward God and his teachings. You know, and, and I feel like it's easy to look at our life and, our, and what we do, and it's, it's easy to deceive ourselves. You know, if I look at my life, I'll say, oh, well, I'm living a great life. But if God's not a part of it, how great is it really? Let's, let's open up to John 8, 31 and 32. John 8. 31 and 32. The Bible reads, to the the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciple. Then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, it's one thing to know God. It's another thing to know him and hold his teachings, to to live a life devoted to God and his mission. You know, before I became a disciple, I was, uh, you know, I claim Christianity, but I, I was never holding to the teachings, the teachings of God, the way he wants us to live our life. 
You know, and it's just like when I chose to follow God in his teachings, you know, my life just got that much greater because God had blessings and favor on me as well. But you have to ask yourself, if we're holding to the teachings of God today, what teaching of God are you guys struggling with holding? You know, because it's so easy to look at our hearts and say, like, oh, well, if I'm, if I'm not holding to this teaching, well, maybe I'm good. Well, well, I don't have to follow everything there is about God. Maybe I can just show up to church once a month and I'll still be okay. But it says, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. We really have to make an effort. We have to make that conscious effort to live for God each and every day. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, well, things are tough, things are hard. But what about the rich man? You know, when he, when he went and he asked about his family, he's like, hey, if, even if I don't make it, let my family make it also. You know, the thing is, we, we can constantly deceive ourselves as to really where we really are with God in Christ. You know, that's why it says that then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's when they talk about the milk and the solid food. Knowing the truth and the truth setting you free, that starts with solid food with God. Are we making efforts to grow with him? Are we making efforts to do Bible studies and understanding God's word and what he wants for us? You know, how can we hold to teachings that we don't know or understand? You know, it's our heart that at the end of the day that will deceive us to think that we're in a place where God has favor in our lives, but in reality, he really doesn't. Let's go to Proverbs 26, verses 12 and 12 through 6. We'll actually be in verse 13 through uh, 16. Proverbs 26, 13 through 16. The sluggard says, there's a line in the road. A fierce lion roaming the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries, buries his hands in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. A sluggard is wise in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. You know, and I love this scripture because, you know, he, he's almost aware of where he is with God. You know, it says that he is too lazy to bring it. It says, a slugger buries his hand in the dish, and he's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. <laughs> now, the thing with the scripture is that, you know, we can look at our lives and be like, hey, well, if, if Christianity isn't pushed on me, then maybe it's just not for me. But in reality, how, maybe it's just our laziness. Maybe we don't want God because we're too lazy to, to study out the Bible, go through our word. Maybe we're too selfish to devote to a church and devote to the God's teachings. But in reality, it says if we don't hold to his teachings, we weren't really never a disciple to begin with. Are you guys willing to hold to God today? Are we willing to receive the solid food from God? Not just because, not just because we want to, but we want to get to understand him deeper. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2. Come on, I feel like everybody loves Revelation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that just has like that scary aura. Of, like <laughs> Revelations 2, verses 2 through 5. 
The Bible reads, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You know, at the end of the day, there's only one destination for mankind. And there's only one way to fully live devoted to Christ. There's only one way. And that's the hold to the teachings of God. You know, my call is for everyone here to search their hearts and their life and ask if you truly are devoted to God and his promises. Are you willing to make a change today and stand for God each and every day? Or are we going to live our lives regretting what we could have done for Christ? My prayer is for everyone here to not, not look at God as a burden, but an opportunity to get closer to those in your life. My prayer is for you guys to look at your hearts as well. Is being a disciple for you or it's not? Is being devoted to God for you or it's not? Are we looking at God's promises as burdens? No, church. Now, I pray that everybody here, you know, we really, we really, we really go through our life really searching, through the, searching for the truth. You know, not, like, not taking advantage of what God has done for us. You know, God, you know God, he, God laid his life for us. He died for us on the cross. And for us, to, for us to live off of milk our whole lives, I mean, that's kind of disrespecting God in a sense. You know, it gets to a point where, where people grow up and they are independent and want to do things for themselves. You know, that's what God wants for us as well. He wants us to grow in our love, our devotion, and our convictions for him. No. The thing is, you know, we're never, we're never going to, we're never going to, in our hearts, we're never going to be where we, we are, where we think we are with Christ. No, but the end of the day is, is where is our heart? Where is our effort to do more? Where is our efforts to do better for him? And to God be the glory, guys. Amen.